Hi, this is David Vinson, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the Director of Counseling Services and the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become Achieving Kids. Amanda, today... It's, it's August, barely August, right? I know. So we have actually kicked off a week of football, exciting football. And you're a, a band parent for the first time. I am. I'm so excited. I'm a freshman. What is the most exciting part about being a band parent? Can you think of the most enjoyable part? Yeah, just that how much he loves it. You know, that it's true. And so when I was thinking in the stands there, when both we had... Uh, a Thursday night victory and a Friday night victory, mm-hmm. and we won halftime. Uh, the cheerleading sponsors actually pointed out to me at the Wild East game that we won cheerleading uh, too. So oh. I think across the board, I don't know how that was there, but I believe maybe through their self evaluation. Yeah, Wiley. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I thought it would be great to get both head coaches to talk to us a little bit about the season and then. Because really, they're a part of the biggest sports program that we yes, have and all yes. of those kind of things about how they develop our kids the Wiley way. And so we have. Uh, we're welcoming Coach Jimmy Carter, the head coach of Wiley High School, and uh, you've been here three years as far as the head coach. Yes, sir. And three how years. many years total in Wiley? Uh, consecutively since 2006, but I was here in 98, 99, and 2000, left for a few years, and then when Coach Ball became the AD, Coach Hire became the head coach in 06, I came back. Wow. And so the same thing, you know, uh, we we had a coach's opening and Marcus Gold, you know, that's the first word everybody says Marcus Gold is from, he was he was uh, here before. And, and Coach Gold, so tell us a little bit about your tenure in Wiley. Yeah, I was here in 2012 and 13 as a, as a DB coach and um, moved around a little bit from Irving, the White House, East Texas, and now I'm back here. This is my second year here. Well, and it's been great. And the thing that I'm always excited about is Y'all are a developer of kids. I mean, Amanda, isn't it great when you see on the sidelines about who they are and what they do? I mean, it's just evident about the kind of kids we have and what we do. Yeah, we always talk about wanting our kids to feel like they belong someplace in our athletic programs. I mean, they thrive in that. And, you know, we always talk about this in really simple terms. We want smart kids and good kids. And, you know, the conduit, the avenue for, for them to pursue that. My kid was at Wiley High, played football, and he did it because of the coaches, not necessarily because he liked mm-hmm. football, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we've had a little bit of experience, and we know – between me and you, our knowledge of football probably isn't the best. What? Is that fair? Fair. Okay. And so, uh, <laughs> but we've been working with other people to talk about the social and emotional aspect of how to grow kids and how to keep kids in programs. And, you know, there's some some, some college football teams that are having a hard time because of the transfer portal, keeping them in. And uh, Baylor football asked us to talk to them a little bit about what we do. In really elementary classrooms and in middle school classrooms, we haven't even got to the high school, but we said, you know, Coach Randa, would you like for us to come? And he did. And uh, we were asking him a couple of questions. And I thought, we need to get our coaches on and ask them those questions mm-hmm. because I think that they would get the insight. Baylor could use your help. I think about a lot of people could use your help because I think you'll do it the right way. Absolutely. Well, we've had our high school coaches, of course, are like professionals at getting kids engaged because they their jobs have that and they kind of get whatever talent comes to you, right? Whatever you have in the schools and college is a little bit different. So I think our coaches have the expert advantage on that. Well, and the thing too is that our, we have record numbers in, the, in these programs where other people are failing. You know, they're, they're shrinking because they are kid magnets and it's really cool. That's great. So um, Brett Ledbetter of What Drives Winning has asked a couple of questions and he just asked these questions of the, the football the team of Florida, the Gators. Um, he asked, we, we asked these questions on his behalf at, at Baylor a couple of, uh, last month. Um, 
Oklahoma State mm-hmm. in Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. I think he's asked the same questions. And so if it's okay, we're going to get right into this. And we just want your perspective on that there's no right or wrong answer. It's, it's you know, our audience here is our, our parents and educators. And uh, we hope to help them inform them because y'all are experts in the field. And so we want to just get your input on this. So you want to start with the first question? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we were, we've noticed in the school system, and I, we're hoping our parents have kind of noticed this too, but there's been kind of a shift in how schools run. Um, I guess when a lot of us grew up, it was just kind of you came, you did what you were told, you really didn't ask a lot of questions. A lot of questions might not have been asked to you and you just went on about it, but that's not really how it works now. And so can you think about what are the issues that the modern athlete, our student athletes now have to go through that you did not have to go through at your age when they were, you were their age? I think the first glaring thing is, is social media, yeah. you know, and, um, being able to keep up with those things as a as a coach because our kids spend 90 percent of their time uh on on their phones on on social media or mm-hmm. wherever they're at when you know and, and the evolutionary changes that go with that over time right it's not just twitter instagram and facebook it's the changes that happen with those those products too and being able to coach our kids through those things and um turn it into a positive thing uh, and there's there's certainly ways that you can um, turn it into a positive thing where where it's not um, about just them mm-hmm. uh, to where you can twist it into uh, being more team oriented um, to where you can turn it into how you can connect with parents uh, and, and the community. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's a lot of things that you can you can almost change kids' minds of how. It, it's supposed to be used in, in, in the proper way. And we, we try to coach our kids up about those things, you know, and um, coach our parents up about those things and, and monitoring those things. So um, that's something that we, we consistently have to stay on um, weekly and over time and, um, you know, bringing our young coaches into the program and, and getting their help with some of those things yeah. too, because yeah. I don't fully understand all the things that are that go into to your social media. I don't so, do the TikTok and yeah, all that. I don't understand all that stuff. So you know, but you know, like Marcus said, you know, I, I think it's the pressure of getting the likes on Twitter, mm-hmm. getting you know the the amount of followers that you can get, and you know, um, the I'm blessed to receive my you know offer from this university or that university. You know, I think that pressure of from parents and personal trainers and and things like that you know or and other coaches you know on social media is one of the things that you know these kids have that we didn't have you know growing up i mean there wasn't any social media back then you know but um it's it's just they they thrive off of that they feel like they need to get those likes and those follows and you know hey this coach from you know panhandle state or this coach from idaho university is following me now Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I've never talked to that coach or heard from that coach, but that coach now follows them on on their Twitter page. You know, wow. That that's that's probably one of the toughest things when coach talk about like re- the recruiting aspect of it <laughs> yeah. is we try to preach that how you know highlights and all those things don't matter when they actually do. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. When the recruiting game has completely changed, and going into a high school, watching a kid, evaluating a kid. The coaches already know who they like before they get there. And, you know, I had a kid at, at White House who was throwing the football in the backyard 
and got an offer from Texas Tech by doing that, you know, and it's how do you change their minds uh, on those good. things? And when there's good. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, yeah, sir. You was like Pavlov's dog. You knew Vegas. Don't get me started, sir. But it's kind of like Amanda said earlier, too. You know, back back when we were in school, you know, we, we went to school and we played ball. And it was mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And we had fun. And I think a lot of kids today, it's not so much fun for them. They 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 do it because they think that's what they're supposed to do but to please their parents or to please their friends or you know to mm-hmm. be a part of this crowd or that crowd and so uh you know that's one of the things we've been working on this year is just you know having fun uh you know make the game fun again you know football it's a tough game it's yeah. it's a game where um you know you you practice 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 you get to play one time a week you know other sports you can in in your practice you get to play and you get right. to play multiple yeah. times a week and so right. you know football it, it's tough like that and so you know we we try to implement fun during our practices and you know try to to create be creative in, in things that we do to try to keep those kids around and you know to make things fun again one of the things that we've heard kind of in common terms is and i'd love your impression of this is that when we were kids when i was a kid that the time commitment, I mean, you went and you had a job and then you went to go play football. Honestly, football workout was a break from the jobs that we did on the farms and all those kind of things as far as that went. But the time commitment necessary for y'all and for your kids is different. Would you say that's true? Yeah, well, yeah I guess so. And we have to be strategic in, in that time, knowing that they have a lot, a lot of other options mm-hmm. and things that they want to do oh. and that we can't, you know, they give us 300 uh, minutes a week to do this. Well, you better not be using 300 minutes a week, or they're going to be uninterested in, in in what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's changed in the last five years. Just the amount of time that the, that the kids are uh, required, you know, in school because we've added so much dual credit and you know mm-hmm. and, and things like that. The kids are taking, it and that's awesome. You know, my, my son benefited from that also. But you know, it's the time commitment that these kids are doing with the amount of homework that they have, and you know, and 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 things like that. You you can't, like Marcus said, you can't go that total 300 minutes, or you're going to lose them. You know, uh, when we were younger, we would go football practice and then we'd probably go play football again you know somewhere or you know hang out as friends True. these kids don't do that today you know it's computerized for them they're playing against you know i'm playing marcus on my phone <laughs> in a game of football you know and and they don't uh, some of the basic concepts of the game you have to teach them because it's not in that video game then what do you think your biggest challenge is in communicating with the today's athletes like you've talked about all the different things they're facing that you didn't experience so how's that going in communicating with them i would say time you know especially during the season is is you don't you don't have a lot of time Mm -hmm. and especially for coaches have to get ready for the classroom and the hours they spend and grading papers and then they're running to practice and here's get the game plan and trying to implement the game plan on the the x's and o's and the communication part is sometimes sometimes lost in, in in that time so we during our off season we we preach building relationships with kids during the off season because during the season uh you don't you don't always have that time but um along with that it's a it's a two-way street with the kids and mm-hmm. we try to coach them up hey you want to communicate you want me to communicate with you if you need something you need to come and and, and talk to us as well right. I, I want to ask this question for both of you from that perspective 10 years ago did you have to make sure that they knew that they could come talk to you or did they inherently has as society changed a bit in terms of those those standards 
Yeah, I was scared to talk to my, my head coaches. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really talk to my coaches back mm-hmm. then. I mean, you you did what they said and you listened to them, and it was practice. You know, I had a, I had a coach in college who was like, you know, I want three things from you: yes or no, sir, and bust your tail. That's it. You know, you didn't communicate with them. You know, outside of, of football practice, and so, you know, the times have changed. I think kids need more of that communication piece. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and, and we we tell our kids like, just like Marcus does that we want them to communicate for uh, themselves, advocate for themselves. You know, not so much lean on their parents or lean on you know the things that they've done in the past because once they leave us and get out into the future, you know that that parent's not going to be there for them, that coach is not going to be there for them. But we want them to to feel comfortable and go talk to that boss or that coworker about you know what did I do here, what can I do to get better, or you know how can I change things. Absolutely. Would you say that from the perspective of two things that, that have been entered into the mix that we had not considered before, and I'm maybe I'm just more cognizant of it because I've been studying it for more in-depth with character, is mental health and then phones and technology. How have those impacted the way that you communicate in terms of challenges? Well, when you, I guess you, when you talk about mental health, you know. Are they more fragile than they used to be? Uh, most definitely. I think, from my point of view, yeah. I think, you know, when, when I grew up, I mean, you just, it, those things were there, but I think you just dealt with it, you know, as an individual or you dealt with it within a family group, but now it's more, it's more out there, you know, kids, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but there's more feelings, you know, the kids, their emotions are more um, prevalent, you know, and things you have to talk through. I mean, breaking up with a girlfriend back when we played would have made you mad and you went and played harder. Today, you may have a kid that can't focus and can't function in a game. Yeah, you just listed like all those pressures they're facing now that we did not experience. So that's a lot going on in this. Let's say you coach Gold. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's definitely different types of of pressures. I think there was. I, I try to think about you know we didn't. I think the feelings were still there when we were younger. We just like Coach was saying, um, you know. It, we didn't have a coach that we always could approach mm-hmm. and maybe there's a wave of I guess depending on what your culture is and where you're at is you know some it's tricky some kids yeah. will have more feelings and feel more vulnerable because they know you're going to be there I guess yeah. for them and yeah. maybe they wouldn't so much if you didn't so it's a I guess it's a thin line I don't know no I, mean, I think that, that statistically that people share a lot more with regard to mental health is a lot more there was, there was a coach, I think, at, at coaching school this summer. Um, I don't even remember which one it was. One of the college coaches. Oh, it was Kirby Smart. He said that, you know, never in his wild imagination would he ever think that they would have to deal with mental health and, you know, and hire psychiatrists mm-hmm. and psychologists at the college level. It's weird and, because and deal with that. George is doing the same thing that Baylor's starting to do now because the restorative practice piece, because they know that it's going to be one of the things that we're doing. Yeah, it's interesting. Gosh. Well, so talking to your players about things that you didn't personally experience in a limited amount of time <laughs> um, and, and bringing in your younger staff and all that stuff, I think that's, those are great suggestions because when we watched Brett's conference this summer, some of the younger coaches had so much value to add to the conversation because they had at least lived a little bit of that life. It really is true. And that's the thing that I know that I'm 56 now and I'm not relevant anymore as far as some of as talking to young people, younger leaders and stuff is that I need to have a conduit sometimes. Those, and those guys, uh, those basketball coaches were like, they had lived it. I mean, this guy said, hey, I'm fixing to announce that I'm going to be 
announcing for the NBA draft, and he said, oh, well, good luck. You know, you're not that great. But, I mean, and, <laughs> and he did, and nobody did it, and then he came back the next day. I guess I'm staying. But, I mean, they'd have a false sense of that, right? Yeah, because, well, Brett was like, you know, when some when you were growing up, all of us, when somebody told us something and we knew they'd never gone through that in their life and yeah. they gave us advice, how did we respond to that? Well, not, probably not optimally. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so the next thing he's like, well, a one way to communicate is just asking questions. And so one of his big questions to the coaches was, why don't coaches ask more questions to their kids? Um. You know, sometimes I think it can be somewhat of an ego thing maybe with coaches too. And yeah. and we like to think we know what they're thinking so we <laughs> don't have to ask those questions and we're trying to yeah. get them to think a certain way, yes, you know, because if sure. you think a certain way, then you act a certain way. And I think that just that comes with time. And, um, and when I go back to time again, that's why we don't, you know, maybe ask us the questions that we should all the time. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're afraid of the answer we're going to get. Yeah. You know, Talk now, to me about that. You know, n- nowadays we were in a meeting the other day, and we, we told this kid, you know, you have to, to do this. And it was a simple, you know, football thing. And and so I saw this puzzled look on his face. I'm like, do you understand what that means? And he's mm-hmm. like, no. And so, you know, so we got to go back and explain it. So I think sometimes when we ask those questions, even a personal question, you know, what's wrong with you? I think we as coaches sometimes may be a little bit afraid, maybe along with the ego. Maybe we're afraid they're going to tell us, hey, you know, mom and dad are getting divorced. You know, I didn't eat last night. And, you know, sometimes we want to help them, you know, and we're going to help them. But I know sometimes we don't want that, you know, dumped on us, you know, because we wear the stress of all of our kids, you know, so. You do. And it's immense. And, you know, in the heat of the games, you know, that social and emotional stability, which both of you guys are outstanding. You know, we've seen people with very unhealthy emotional levels. I watched a video last night because I was trying to be relevant for this deal. And I just, Christy was going, what are you watching? I said, I said, complete outrage. And it was these coaches that have just lost it on the sidelines. And I thought, because that would hurt my feelings. And I'm sure that's the way y'all approach it, but you know that's not. Yeah, I can't, I can't say I've never lost it on the side. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't either. I'm gonna say in both of y'all circumstances, and I've seen y'all for not try to stay away from all the different pieces, but I think y'all are y'all let your your folks do their jobs, and y'all ask questions, and y'all are calm about the whole those scenario because, you know. Um, Brett, uh, and the, from the sports thing that we've had, and we think this from from a leadership perspective, the health of the team is in the face of the coach, and. Um, I think y'all do a good job of that, and uh, it's hard. And so when you think about that, what are the benefits of asking questions? What do y'all think are the biggest benefit that you've seen and maybe how you've grown or an example of how that's worked? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think by, by asking those questions, you know, whether it's a personal or, or a football question, you, you find out where that kid's coming from. You find out his background mm-hmm. knowledge or, you know, you know, a, a, a simple question, you know, why were you late this morning? Instead of just jumping on him and, and, and hammering on the kid for being late, mm-hmm. you know, I, I learned from a wise old man that was our principal one time, you know, everybody's got a story. And so you got to learn those stories about those kids. You know, maybe they had to go pick up dad last night or maybe they had to take little brother to school this morning or maybe there's, you know, each kid's different, you know, and so I think by the, by asking those questions, you know, you want to hold them accountable, each kid accountable, mm-hmm. and, and and teach them, but each kid's different, you know, in the way you, you handle them. And you only learn that by asking the questions about those kids. 
Yeah, I think you. I think you get to the truth of things, right? And if you if you can get to the truth uh, with kids um, and even coaches, you you gain trust in your program. You gain trust. You gain relationships. You gain relationships. You gain chemistry and substance. Uh, so asking those questions, um, you know, if a kid is late, like Coach said, hey, he he tells me one thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the truth of it. I'm gonna find out where you were at. So yeah, we if it's can, his fourth can... flat tire on the week, it's only <laughs> Tuesday, then we know we got problems. And I know you, how I know you've had those got? too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know you've had those too. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I, we in 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 general terms, I mean, stuff comes through our stuff. We have very little problems with with sports, but when y'all have handled it, I know the child always started with saying, "Okay, what's up." Yeah. I mean, and that's really hard to do because honestly, the sports psychological underpinnings of everything has been here's the answer, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to work in our system and you're not. And that zero tolerance is just almost gone now, right? I mean, that's just not the same. I mean, or is it? Can you, can you? No, there's, it's not black and white anymore. Is there definitely some, some, some gray area? You know, a question that was kind of voiced and considered in a lot of different formats, this in the sports perspective is how do you hold a, does does having those conversations and having those relationships, you know, how do you balance that with punish with punishment? Well, if you have a, I think if you have a good relationship with the kid, then um, you know you can you can you can keep them accountable. You know, you can you can punish the kid and, and give them reminders. Uh, if you don't have a relationship, it, much, it makes it much much more tougher um, they to lose try to punish them. They lose respect for you mm-hmm. if you don't have the relationship, and you just you're punishing them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, we try to relate it to, you know, down the road in 10 years, you know, I mean, how are you going to react in that job when you show up late or, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen if you flip that burger wrong or, you know, whatever your job is, you know, I, we try to relate that back to, you know, you're late today for football practice. We're going to hold you accountable. There is a punishment because when you get a real job, when you graduate, there's going to be a, there's going to be a consequence for that too. Mm-hmm. So just trying to teach life lessons. Cause I don't know that, that. All of our kids get that at home. Yeah, I got a, I got a great story from yesterday. So we have a we have a hit chart. I'm sure y'all have to do mm-hmm. the same what? hit chart hit chart. So whether yeah. you're late to class, they or don't have those in band. You you have a, a <laughs> <laughs> whether it's a dress code, their names come up on on the hit chart. So I have a hit chart with me, and and Marcy gives it to me, and it's it's the entire roster of our entire team. <laughs> so I go out there, and I'm naming all the kids that have to get online. And run down the field, and it's it's almost everybody. And about ninety percent of them didn't complain. About ten percent of them were complaining, and I was the one that dropped the ball because it's our whole roster. But there's like a little tag by the names that are actually so you had everybody on the hit chart. So it was great about that. <laughs> so it's like they all they all took the punishment. They all ran for it, and I like I was like, hey, I was I was proud of them that that ninety percent of them didn't did you get upset? Up? Yeah, oh yeah, I did. I told them I told them I would do it myself. But I also told him, I was like, now, if I think it's easy, it's going to be a little bit harder next time. When you're so you double down again? <laughs> so, yeah. As psychologically, I'm saying that's probably something to reconsider, Coach. That's right now. It, it really is funny because I think one of the things that y'all also do when I, my kid played at Wiley High is uh, somebody sent me a little video, and it was the soccer girls, and they were in this um, – and it, it was my son who I was, was sort of was supposed to be a lead, the leader, and um, – he was had a receiver on his back and he was carrying this 45 pound weight and running and uh, the thing was this kid was not complying and he said you know and 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 it, it was very direct cal loved the fact that there was very black and white lines and uh, <laughs> and he was going to get this cry, get across the the, uh, the deal because he didn't want anybody else to have to run again 
y'all put a lot of pressure on kids to be leaders. How do you balance that? Well, I mean, it's it's got to be a team, uh, player-led system, you know, so there has mm-hmm. to be pressure for, for your leaders. And um, I think, um, you know, making uh, – figuring out your leaders and their personalities, you know what I mean? There's less pressure. And, and you know, if you have a kid that's not a vocal kid but he's mm-hmm. a leader, finding how – different ways that he can lead uh, puts less pressure on the, on the, on the kids and, and – them being the leader that they want to be. I try to give them, the, the kids, especially at the varsity level, a, a little bit more leeway. Uh, you know, I, I want them to handle some things on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tell them, you know, if you feel like I need to step in or one of the coaches need to step in, then, you know, we'll address that. But, I, you know, I don't give them that full, they're going to take this kid to the bleachers and run him or, you know, do that. You know, mm-hmm. we're, you know yeah. we're not going to go that, that far with yeah. it. But, you know, there's some things like, you know, if a senior sees a sophomore off campus, you know, I've gotten pictures before. Hey, coach, this oh, kid was evidence. this this kid this kid <laughs> was at Kroger today, and so you know they. Yeah. It's not that they're ratting on each other, but yeah. but they're they're holding each other accountable, and that's what we're trying to teach them. It's interesting. So, uh, a couple of questions I want to ask um, in terms of the athletes, mm-hmm. and do you want to kind of phrase those so they're a little bit more relevant in terms of the whole process? As yeah, they as- had yes, um, they had asked a group of like elite athletes, um, ages like thirteen to eighteen. Um, what they thought just to make a list of anything that would disrupt their mind. So what's like causing them distress in their brains. And um, they just started making a list and the number one answer was parents. I think there was a top 10 list and then like parents were number one and there's a big gap and then lots of other stuff showed up. Coaches were number seven. I think the coaches were like, yes, we're number we made seven. Because yeah. <laughs> you want to be a little bit, especially if you're making a red extra. That's good. <laughs> but y'all mentioned parents earlier um, in our talk today. So have you noticed that parents kind of just can disrupt the peace of mind that your players have or I have think, influence I think in that? so. I think there's so much pressure now to push this kid to get a scholarship. You know, that was nothing. There was never anything that my parents did. You know, if it just, if it came, it came. Mm-hmm. And it, fortunately, it did. But you know, th- there's like you you've got to you've got to go here when you're done with football practice at school. You got to go see your personal trainer because that's what's going to get you to college. And yeah. you know, we got to get this college. And we got to get this college. And you know, and these kids are so scared that they're going to make a mistake. They're not having fun anymore. Yeah, I think they can be a completely different person with us at practice and and accept a certain role, and then they. They go home and they come back the next day and they feel, you know, there's pushback in that role yeah. and it's not mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's, it's their parents and them understanding that and to be on board on some of those things. I've had some of y'all's parents in different, not yours, but, but that they have, they have, and they get my cell phone number and they call me like, I, you're calling the wrong dude, man, <laughs> sports was. The next question they asked the um, athletes were, what signs or signals do your parents send to you? that shows you that their mood is dictated by this athlete's performance. And they gave a lot of answers, but they all kind of dealt with the long car ride home. Man, I think the biggest thing now is the access to huddle. I mean, we have parents that... Describe to parents what huddle means. Huddle is uh, our our, uh, web-based video that we video practice and games with. You know, we have parents that want access to the huddle, which we, the kids, you know, based off of of what we have, you know, we can only give accounts to the kids. 
but you know you'll get a parent that'll say you know i watched his huddle yesterday and we critiqued it or you know we broke it down and you know i think he needs to do this well i'm like well that's fine that that's what the cowboys are doing but our philosophy is a little bit different you know and so you know i mean sometimes you you know yeah that's a good answer too i get it i mean i i understand it but you know uh, that that's not what we're trying to accomplish in this situation, and so, you know, with with the parent accessibility to watching the the huddle and the highlights that Marcus talked about earlier, you know, sometimes that or or a kid will mess up, you know. And I had a kid the other day says, "Oh, I'm going to get in trouble when I go home because mm-hmm. my dad's going to watch the huddle, and you know, I, I messed up this play." And I'm like, "No, you're okay. You know, yeah. we'll fix it and we'll go on." Yeah. Um, I don't always think the long car ride home is a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of. It, it, the words seem negative, but I don't think it's always a bad thing. You know, some talk to us about that. I think, you know, I've had a lot of those long car ride homes and there was an expectation and there was a, um, you know, some of your best athletes in the world, you know, there was pressure from their parents and pressure is not always a bad thing, but Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, I think it's maybe, um, nowadays ending the long car ride home differently, right? Maybe, Hey, it's, it's, it is okay, Mm -hmm. but Hey, you, you need to do this better and what's the reasoning for the long car ride home right not because you didn't do this but because your effort wasn't there your attitude this is why there's there's long car ride home so what's the reasoning behind it and how is it how is it ending coach gold comes from a military family (laughs) (laughs) i do i I love it the thing is is that structure is there and that's how it works i mean it's really cool and you know when you think about go ahead yeah, because some of their answers are like, well, they just didn't talk to me anymore. You know, they shut me out, just yelled at me and cussed at me. So I guess there's all kinds of levels of the long car ride home. But that's a lot of, we just listed like so many pressures that they're already facing yeah. and they probably already yeah. feel bad. They know they made the mistake. And then the third question that was asked of them is, how does it make you feel when those signs are directed at you? And it was just more pressure, which is not good enough. So I, I like the way you phrase it. How you end the car ride home probably makes a big difference. It's huge. I mean, you know, it, it's the same thing in practice. You know, as a as a good coach, if you get on a kid in practice, you know, when practice is over, you're gonna go love on him and mm-hmm. you know and tell him, you know, hey, I still love you, you know, and all this and and you know, like I can't agree more with Marcus. You know, how does that car ride end? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a good ending, and sometimes it's a bad ending, and you yeah. can see it on those kids' faces the next day or the next time you see them. So last question I have, and this is a little bit off, but uh, it's in the same deal. You know, uh, looking at your coaching staff, how was it different than when you were on a staff? Or is it as, as an assistant? <laughs> I was starting to think about all the head coaches that I, that I worked for. And, um, man, it's um, – that's a great question. I'm going to let Jimmy go first. <laughs> you don't have to name any names or anything. Or do. No. <laughs> no, no that's, that's, that's fine. I, I think the, 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 the key to a good coaching staff is, is um, being able to get along and not talk X and O's in football. You know, you don't necessarily – it's just like the kids in the locker room. You don't necessarily have to have the, the same interests, the same types of music that you listen to, the, the same hobbies and things like that. But you do have to be able to get along because you do spend so much time together, uh, you know, away from your families and, and in, a, in a in an enclosed space. You're not in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. You're always with this guy, uh, you know, or these guys. And so, uh, you know, there's always going to be one or two guys that, you know, you got to kind of mold them and help them to, to, to fit in there. And as a head coach, that's a that's a hard job to do sometimes. Uh, but you know, the 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 better the the coaching staff, the better me and Marcus are. 
Yeah, true. Yeah. You put it in a good way. Yeah, it, it used to be like with the old coaches is, hey, this is your job. This is what you're doing. This is the expectation. Go do it. Now it's much more relationship based. Oh yeah. But just like just like your kids and mm-hmm. just like the trust and um, you know coaches believe in coaches. Coaches believe in players. Players believe in coaches. Players believe in players. Those four four pillars is it builds a lot of trust in your program. Um, so you you have to have those relationships and good relationships with your with your coaches. So uh, we'll end with this. You know, Gonzaga was here last week, and it was really interesting because their coaches were talking about the idea that uh, with our coaches, um, they they preseason number one across the board, and they showed that all the the schools that were number one across the board that actually didn't win, uh, and uh, they said that they had to figure out a way to talk to their folks to say, there's an expectation here. But that's really not that's that that is people saying what we are, not who we are, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so their identity was more important. And uh, talking about that with your staff, um, there were two or three times last week, and you know my football prowess is not great, but I'm going to say that y'all uh, were could have kind of collapsed, and your uh, kids and your coaches, and it seemed like the whole stands kind of just stayed in the pre- present, and and that's really kind of a testament to y'all's leadership because. You know, there was one touchdown call back, and then yours was a defensive situation. I thought, wow, that could have really had a negative impact. And and if you didn't have that social, emotional, collective, you know, tied together, it would have it would have been it, it would have been a different outcome. And so, coaches, we appreciate you, and yeah. I thank you for leading, making better kids, Absolutely. and uh, for leading in the way that um, that uh, you're, you inspire me. You know, and. Uh, we, we ask uh, one of the, my goals is to ask more questions and I tell, and I know y'all get tired of asking answering simple questions that I don't know about things but it's, I'm grateful for it. Absolutely thanks so much for being here.